This episode of Fire 2 On Air is sponsored by Earth One. If you're looking for repeatable, dependable scoring for all of your dwellings, why not choose Earth One as your opening favour tile? Hello, it's EJ here. Um, I'm happy to present another episode with another legend on the scene, Ranyo or Ryan. Um, there's a lot to cover with him, but I was mostly really interested after reading a thread he posted on Board Game Geek um, to talk to him about his experience at the so-called World Board Game Championships convention. Um, so this is actually going to be two episodes. The first one is going to talk about that and a bit more about the early days of Terra Mystica, uh, especially for him. Um, but then we actually went on and recorded for a long time, for like two hours in total. Um, and in the second half, we were talking more about general stuff and his streaming on Twitch and Fire to Open. Um, but that will get released soon as another episode. Um, I'm also very happy to have a new co-host on here for this episode, Lizzie the Llama. Um, you may know Lizzie as the intrepid sideline reporter from the Fire 2 International Clash. Um, she was reporting to the casters and bringing the insights from within the teams and, and did a great job uh, with that. Uh, we might do a bit more of an introduction to Lizzie at some point, maybe, but um, there's a little bit in this episode talking about where she's coming from. Um, but for now, it's just really nice to have her talking with me to ryan um it's quite a long conversation uh, like i said it's going to be two episodes um but i think it's all good stuff so thanks to ranyor for his extremely generous time and i hope you enjoy it two great new additions to the podcast show lizzie and ryan at the same time Awesome. Well, just so you guys know, I, I just I just woke up like a little while ago. <laughs> so it's I had a very long travel day yesterday and went to bed very late. Um so this is gonna be really fun. <laughs> um where are you? Are you in the, the pond of sacrifice or the school of gold? Where are you today, Lizzie? <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I'm in a very scary place called Louisiana. Oh wow! Yeah, that's mental. <laughs> even even wilder than the chaos portal. <laughs> um. So yeah, so EJ here. You, you you mentioned Lizzie that I didn't introduce myself and everyone else last time. So here we go. I'm EJ. Got Lizzie. Hi, uh, Lizzie. I'm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lizzie. <laughs> And we have another big name, another great player, and a great Twitch streamer, Ryan, or Raniel. Hi, Ryan. Hey, everybody. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, so what I, uh, what I wanted to talk about mostly today was kind of the early days of Terra, um, because that's something I basically don't know anything about, because I... I heard of the game 
almost exactly a year ago in lockdown. Like I hadn't really heard of any board games apart from like Catan up to that point. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very new to it all, but I'm loving it. Um, how about you, Lizzie? Are you, I guess you're relatively new to it as well? Well, uh, I actually started playing Terra in person like many years ago. Um, but I, I haven't played it as much as uh, any of you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I only just recently played my first game online. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you guys are uh, way ahead of me on this one. <laughs> uh, I, I actually started um, I, I started watching the F2O because I actually know Chris Bizzle in real life uh... yeah he told me about it um, and so I started watching it and I, I just got really into it um, so that's, that's how I was introduced to this community <laughs> that's cool I didn't know that yeah. um... Oh yeah, I've just I've just gone on your BGA account. You have one game played, is that right? Yes, I played a game with Chris Bizzle, um, and he <laughs> he used all three of the, uh, the the international clash teams. I think he used like Team USA and then two of the other teams to play three factions against me. <laughs> so <laughs> so we were doing a four player game, and he was playing three of the factions. <laughs> Um, he, he was like trying to teach me how to how to play um, Terra online. So he was like, you know, I went way over time because he was trying to explain, okay, here's how you do this, here's how you do that. <laughs> well, um, in but, that case, you do a remarkably good job of reporting on it then. That's very impressive. Oh, thanks. Um, and actually, I got third place in that game. So technically, we can say that I, I technically beat Chris Bizzle at Terra Mystica at least once. <laughs> You beat a third of Chris. Nice. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> okay, so that's interesting. So yeah, the the what inspired me to ask Ranya about this was um, I found your thread that you posted, Ryan, about the 2018 World Championships in person in. Did you say it's in Portland or? It's in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. I don't know why. American geography. <laughs> <laughs> Opposite side of the country. Anyway. Um, yeah, and I thought it was yeah, it was really interesting and I wanted to sort of find out more about that. Um but we can also talk about kind of general stuff and it might end up I don't know how long we go for with Nerdcube recorded for like an hour. Um this today if we talk about more than just historic stuff it might end up being two episodes i think i don't know i might split it in half but we'll see how we go if that's all right uh, look you you should know that yeah bringing me was a little bit of a dangerous proposition i i'm willing to talk about a lot of topics for a long time so awesome that's that's good yeah i've got time well, I, i'm so excited to talk to you ryan or ranger because uh Every time I see you casting or talking um, on a video, you just uh, you seem like such an awesome guy, so friendly, and so this is very exciting. I well, thanks. I appreciate that, but uh, don't don't think that you can just gloss over the snub that you gave me in the past and like act like you're <laughs> buddy buds. Wait, what? What snub did I give you in the past? 
Whoa, don't even remember. Wow. Somebody, somebody created a list of the top 10 hottest players in F2O, and not even an honorable Ooh. mention. <laughs> okay, actually, it was top seven, just to be clear. Well, top seven. <laughs> Fair enough. Wait, okay, you know, okay, fair enough. I guess you, I didn't put you in the top seven. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I should have. <laughs> no, it's fine. It was obviously a joke. For it. Uh, if anybody hasn't read through it, uh, it was very humorous. So yeah. You know, you know what? I should just make a new top seven list. Every single person on it is just going to be you. It's going to be Rainier, 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 Rainier. No, no. <laughs> your, your content that you've posted ahead of some of the other games has been very funny. So yeah, that was good. But <laughs> No, I, I had a lot, I had a lot of fun with that list. Um, obviously yeah. it was, the whole thing was ridiculous. So, and the other thing I was going to mention, Ryan, is that you played my real-life friend, Lockie91, on stream the ah, other day, on your qualify. It's the game you qualified. And I was talking to him about it yesterday, because I mentioned I was going to talk to you today. And he said he was extremely tired, and then he watched the, the stream back after. And I think he took, like, Air 2 as dwarves late in the game. <laughs> and everyone was just like, what is he doing? But his excuse was that it was extremely late in the night slash early morning in the UK. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think I said that on stream. Like, he basically mentioned in the game that he was starting at, like, 2 a.m. and that he already <laughs> wasn't thinking very clearly. And then, yeah, like, he played dwarves in a tough spot and things didn't go particularly well. And then he started making some questionable things, but <laughs> he was already losing. So, like, yeah, we didn't dwell on it much. Like, these things happen. Sometimes you just have games where... You just kind of know after the first couple rounds it's not going well, and if it's that early in the morning, God, I would not be playing <laughs> well that late at night for me. Early morning is my peak time, so I, if the if we could just go back to that international clash game at nine in the morning, nine a.m. like Eastern time, that that was good. Oh yeah, I remember that. I because I was I was a uh, you were casting and I was recording. I was casting. Yeah. Yes, and uh, we had to start the game at seven a.m. my time. And um, I am not a morning person, so that was that was rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, diving into the history, did you start playing Ryan, like from when Terra first came out? Because it came out in 2013, is that right? That is correct, uh, but I did not. So this is, I, I was going to say, this is uh, pulling me in is slightly interesting because I'm actually not like an original um, I don't, I don't, uh, I wasn't around right at the beginning, uh, and I didn't start playing until 2016 or 2017, uh, but you're not entirely wrong to bug me about these things, because I have a pretty good memory, and I've read way too many forum threads and integrated myself, and then ultimately, I guess, it is a little weird, too, but the community on BGA and stuff has grown, and I have always been around ever since BGA got Terra Mystica, and uh, I guess at this point I am kind of the old guard, which I don't quite know when that happened, but uh, yeah. Because when did, so when the Snellman site, that, like that TM tour has been going since sort of 2016, 2015 kind of time, is that right? Yeah, so going way back, the game was Terra Mystica like, first got released at Essen, quickly sold out, had huge accolades. It took a while to get into the hands of a lot of people in the U.S. Uh, anyhow, some people really started enjoying it. 
they started doing play by forums. Uh, as best I can tell of the history, uh, Juho Snellman joined that first play by forum game. They just were trying to take screenshots of like things and trying to list out their orders. Juho basically uh, was like, this is getting tiring. I'm literally just going to program some shit to run. And he essentially created what we now know is like Snellman.net. I mean, it took him quite a while to like build up to that point. But a lot of the early play by forums, they basically used his moderator. Like he, he would use the site, he would input the orders and it would like, you know, display game state that helped them all keep track of the games. And then over the course of a year, he added on, you know, tons of features to allow people to actually log in, input their own moves, additional upgrades. And then, yeah, after a year or so of that, TM2 emerged with the help of, uh, gosh, I don't remember his name, but it's like Bjolits or something like that. I don't know how to pronounce it, but he's not active anymore. But uh, he helped set up this TM2 system that's awesome. It's pretty much automated. And yeah, now we're in whatever season 40 something. I joined in season 17. Uh, but yeah, it started up in 2015, I think. And And so when it started up, are you an agricola boy at that point are you playing your agricola around then uh i was just playing a lot of different board games i've grown up with playing a lot of stuff but uh, terra mystic was a game i always wanted to play but i didn't own it i didn't know really how to play it like i didn't just go wander online to play it and so i got it as a i think i got it is a Christmas present in 2016 and i think my first game then was like early 2017 and then i popped in to TM2 or right around then, which season 17, early 2017, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you've talked before about how, uh, on your stream, about how you, you kind of, you, you're not that interested in like skimming the surface of a game. You want to like really go in deep and learn properly like how it works and how to basically get good at it right um yep generally i i occasionally will play games you know and just explore but i'm not there's definitely some gamers in the community that want to just try a lot of games and they just kind of play a little but i tend to be playing games to find ones that i want to play hundreds of times like uh and then once i find those games i i want to play them hundreds of times i want to dive deep i really want to explore and so terra mystica very quickly took my interest i yeah so i played in person and then i was like this is an incredible game i need to play more played it a little more had to find a way to play it online at that in those days the only option was to pop onto snellman and so i played a lot of games there Mm -hmm. um yeah i find that interesting because i'm because yeah joining and playing only recently it's kind of like going straight to the good stuff you know like i've not played loads of other games and then <laughs> i just joined bga and google like best games on board game arena on top of the list is terror and you're like oh try that one then and then so i guess i haven't like experienced the wider spectrum of games and, and all other stuff there very much that's that's so funny that that's the way that you discovered terrorists again <laughs> yeah like totally it's just like we played Seven Wonders, and then I was like, oh, I wonder what else is on here. And then just looked at the list, went straight to the top. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny how, how I discovered Terra was, um, I, so I was in a board game club at the time, and it, 
at my college. Um, and I was, again, I was friends with Chris Bizzle. And one day he like, we were, we were trying to play games and he was like, listen, there's this amazing game. You have to, you have to play it with me. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And he like pulls out Terra Mystica. Um, and I think I ended up, you know, for my first game, I think I ended up with a score of like 95 <laughs> or something like that. Um, and, but yeah, it was really fun. We, and, and I mean, obviously he's, I mean, I feel like that was probably 2015. Um, and so he's yeah. obviously come a long, long way since then. There's, there's no way he could just play random people at a board game club. And, and I don't think they could uh, compete with him anymore. <laughs> I mean, with any, with any of you guys, since you guys are such like elite players. Yeah, that's where some of the other formats come in, teammate stuff and stuff, maybe like to introduce new people. Um, right, right. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah, otherwise you introduce them and you're like, you could, oh, I want to <laughs> show you this game. I will beat you. <laughs> but maybe, maybe you'll get the bug and then in like a year's time, you'll, you'll be really good too. <laughs> yeah, like here's the game. Come back, play me in a year and, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll see who wins. <laughs> Terramistic is yeah a little tricky like that, but uh, yeah, you're you're a bit lucky that you picked this game to dive into. Then the other reason that I wound up diving pretty deep into Terramistic and continue to be this interested is because there is well the community's only grown and like gotten crazy, but uh, the board game geek forums back in the day were kind of the they were fairly active and there was good strategy discussion and there still is some, but there's obviously mm. a lot more resources nowadays, but. Uh, that also is part of what like attracts me to this and a few other games have like really kind of big communities and some tournament scenes and other stuff. And that is also part of what really attracts me to diving into certain games. Yeah. Um, yeah. L Lockie actually is a, is a data scientist by trade. Um, and so I found that I was, when I, we started getting more into it, I was like, Lockie, there's threads where people have like done crazy our analysis on like the effectiveness of earth one this is awesome you've got to look at this you've got to like get this data set and start trying to and analyze it as well yeah um so so yeah so you um you got the game and you were playing in person and then you were uh looking at snailman as well and, and playing on there and sort of um learning strategy and so then what motivated you to try and and do this this world championship game it was something you meant you said you were like you'd been looking you'd been wanting to do for a while right yeah so just in general as we've talked about i enjoy i do enjoy like testing myself competitively i enjoy tournaments i enjoy i enjoy playing games deeply and i had gone to gen con for one or two years but that's very much a trade show it's mostly showing off new games people just try and games most gaming conventions i go to that's really what it is most people are basically playing games uh for like the first time they're going to like learn new ones or get experience with games that are otherwise hard to schedule and stuff mm -hmm. uh which is fine but i i find games take on a really magical quality when everybody knows the rules when everybody kind of loosely knows the strategy and you're able to like really get into this next level of playing a game and that's a hard experience to find uh, at gaming conventions, which is a bummer to me. And it's just hard to find in person. It's relatively easy to find online, which is great. 
But anyhow, uh, I had looked and wandered, and yeah, I had heard about this event that has a, a bit grandiose of a title. It is the World Board Game Championships, but which is that's like a common joke about Americans, right? Is you have all the World Championships, which are all in America, and <laughs> no one else plays. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we have the World Series for baseball, right? Like yeah. that's exactly how you should view these World Board Game Championships. Like there are people that come from other countries, but it's mostly USA, um, and it's not like there was any like. It's not like there's regional tournaments for these games that like feed into the World Board Game Championships. Anybody can register and show up at the World Board Game Championships and play. Uh, but anyhow, the great part of that convention, aside from the slightly grandiose name, is that yeah, you 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 just get to they run tournaments in about 150 different games. It's a week long convention, and you don't have to like sign up ahead of time. You just wander up to an event and you play in a heat and. Basically, if you win during a couple of heats, you can advance into the semifinals. You win the semifinals, you play in the finals. And if you win the finals, you you win the event. And so in 2018, I finally went to yeah, WBC, uh, went for the whole week, had a great time. Terra Mystica was a tournament that year. And uh, I this is about a year and a half into me playing Terra Mystica. I showed up there. I was pretty good on Snellman. I wasn't an incredible player but i was a d4 which back in those days d4 was also pretty intense still um and uh yeah i was able to win at the 2018 wbc it won the final um against a couple other decently good players mike chike i met in person there mike asante was at that final um who's still quite a good and strong chair mystica player uh there's nobody else really at that table that's like well known but uh Wait, so I have, I have, Rainier, I have a very important question about this championship. Did you get a trophy? Did you get anything? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So the WBC gives out plaques. So I have a first place plaque in Terra Mystica. Um, you did post a picture. There's a picture of it in this thread, right? I think. Yeah, in this thread. So I, I have a tendency to, well, I, yes, just. Streaming has been good because I enjoy talking. In the old days, I didn't stream. And so, yeah, I, I tended to share my thoughts in long BGG posts, which I still do. Um, but yeah, so there's a, I've wrote a decent session report of my quest for the 2018 World Championship. Um, and uh, yeah, there's, there's a couple pictures, a little bit of a recap of the game and just some other experiences. So it sounds like we'll try to link that for others. But it is a fun read if you're interested in experiencing that through my eyes yeah i just opened up the thread and now i see the plaque yeah um. there you go <laughs> but yeah wbc's policy is that they never want to actually like have cash prizes or anything which i personally am really for i think board gaming like i i really like the community and uh, if the only thing on the line is a plaque people tend to have pretty good sportsmanship and stuff so Right. Yeah, it becomes a whole different thing if there's yeah, if there's like financial incentives. That's yeah, that's I hadn't thought about that, but that's an interesting point. Yeah. I mean if there's a thousand dollars on the end of the line, like even in this last F two O game, right? Like somebody undid, which technically is against the rules, nobody really cares and it's fine here, but you know, all of a sudden does that start to get you know, do people start to get a lot more crabby about it if there's money on the line? Probably. Mm. Yeah, if there's money on the line, I mean, you could you could try to secretly, I don't know, watch the Twitch chat somehow yeah. and see if they have better yeah. ideas than you. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, that's or, actually for sure a yeah. point too. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. It, well, or the other thing that like, it'd be pretty easy to do if I really was feeling like, I mean, I, I, again, I think this community is, again, it, luckily there's not, but yes, if money was more money was on the line and stuff, like Chris Ho and Zorus aren't playing this year. Could I, could I just convince Chris Ho to join a voice chat with me while I'm playing my games? Uh, you know, like. Maybe not Chris, but Zorus would definitely do it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, obviously, <laughs> neither of those guys would ever do it. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll, whatever. Exactly. Like I, the board gaming world right now, like it's it's fine. But once things get to money, I mean, I think the magic like tournament scene has. You know, you you hear about more intense cases and stuff. So I, whatever. I enjoy the laid back atmosphere of uh, the whole general tournament gaming because you don't really get that many tryhards or anything people are pretty free about giving advice and being friendly and all that while still trying to play very well and that's the right balance that makes all this really fun and that's what i find at the wbc and that's what i've yeah, found in fire to open so mm. by the way if you guys are hearing barking i'm so sorry i keep having to mute myself so that um the barking doesn't come into my microphone um but uh, I, I brought my dog to my parents' house, and um, he obviously this is our first day here, and he's just having a little trouble adjusting to this uh, to new new people being around. So I'm I'm really sorry about that. I hope you can edit out any barking. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the editing fixes all. It's fine. <laughs> Okay. I was gonna say my dog. My dog's usually gonna be good for one session of barking when somebody walks outside my door or something. So I actually assumed that was Loki that I was hearing. Ah, uh, no, it hasn't been yet. He's been a sweetheart, but <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Oh, your dog's named Loki. Yes, my dog is Loki. Uh, Loki's famous. Twitch famous. Yeah, so uh, one of my Twitch channel rewards is that uh, if you spend enough channel points, I uh, will give Loki a treat on camera for your, on your <laughs> behalf. So he's a very good boy. That's yeah. a great deal for Lo for Loki. <laughs> I it, it is limited. You can only only you each person can only redeem it once per stream, and only two, up to two people can redeem it per stream. So it's yeah, it's there's a limit, so he doesn't just get ten treats in a day. Okay, so that makes it an even better reward because it's rare. You know, there's a it's, <laughs> it's a it's a limited commodity. <laughs> it is, it's, yeah. So yeah, th there's a few things like reading through that that world championship stuff that you wrote that kind of caught my eye. So one of them is that like you played on revised base, for example, which you know now is like. Um, sacrilege um <laughs> but you played in the heats and you got you you basically got some easy wins and you sort of i think you played cultists and nomad i, I could you remember i bet you can remember it in very much detail right I, you're the kind of person you would be able to i yeah my memory on all this stuff is pretty good um yeah. i i don't remember to be honest i don't really remember the heat games specifically because they were not uh, it, it, it's the sort of thing that after like round one, I just like I you can already tell that none of these players are actually like particularly good, um, and th like this happens a decent bit at WBC. There's there's a lot of good strong players, but there's also just like a lot of people that just enjoy going to the convention and playing games. And um, in Terra Mystica, as we talked about, like it's a little tough. You can't if you're just a casual fan, you, you stand no chance against experts. Whereas a lot of other games, there's, you know, at least more lucky elements and some other stuff. Like 
you have mm. a much better chance of you know occasionally getting wins. Um, and for the record, Terra Mystica is actually no longer an event at WBC, which is sad. Uh, WBC runs on a system where, based on how many player hours a game gets, it potentially qualifies again for next year or it gets replaced. And I think Terra Mystica did partly die out due to that dynamic. I just think a lot of the kind of lower and middle class of Terra Mystica players just stopped playing at WBC because they knew they didn't stand a chance. And it makes sense. Uh, anyhow, so yeah, that first year, though, those two heats were not not a problem. Uh, I did remember, yeah, the other way that WBC works, though, is people have to bring their games. And I, the events in Pennsylvania, and I was in Wisconsin, and I traveled there. Like, I, I couldn't bring my games with. So anyhow... Mm. I just am sitting, I'm sat down at a table with this guy that, yeah, they, uh, they understandably, when they got the Fire and Ice expansion, there's that revised base map board. They just assumed that meant the old base map board was never needed again. And uh, <laughs> so we're sitting down and like, uh, well, the event called for us supposed to be playing on the base map, but we don't have it. So yeah, I guess we have to play on revised. And so that was a little funky <laughs> to me because I had played very few games on it. And it is subtly enough different, but... I mean, again, ultimately against weaker players, just knowing the basics of how to play Terra Mystica were enough to easily move me through that game. Um, and then, yeah, the semifinals were pretty intense, but I got a nice win. The semi, the semis have like a the the really interesting thing is there's like this really to a, to like a modern eye, a really crazy auction system where, oh. as, as far as I can tell, I mean, feel free to explain it, but I, I yeah. Uh, no, you're completely correct. Yeah, it's it, it was it's <laughs> what we're so used to an excellent auction system, and the auction system that was used here was just from the fire and ice rules, which I think is pretty bad. But but you could so from what you wrote, everyone voted for factions that they wanted to go in. Oh God, actually, I know you're right. That's how they ran it that year. So it was like everyone voted for five, so not four, but five factions that they wanted to go in, uh, which I think you said ended up being Chaos, Engineers, uh, Darklings, Witches, um, Halflings, I think. Um, but then you don't know when you're bidding which of those five are going to be in the game because you bid, you bidded like, a set number of points that you're going to give up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're correct. Oh, God, I'm remembering this. I argued with the GM about this, and it was <laughs> changed in the future. But yeah, that year, exactly. We bid for, we bid, or we all voted, and then the top five factions were the ones that could potentially be played. Then the way the auction worked is you would, we would bid just going around the table, just increasing victory points until somebody eventually just won. Once they won, they picked a faction and a seat. And then they were out. And then the rest of us would keep bidding. And so yeah, you didn't actually know you didn't know you didn't know for sure what four factions were gonna be in the game, which obviously like sounds insane to us nowadays. And it was because that changes a lot of how you're gonna bid, like depending on if you're how sandwiched you are or not. Um and so, God, yeah, that was nonsense. Yeah, it's funny you reading about it. And uh, I think, like, the engineers got bid, but then they get color sandwiched or they get it, witches in the game. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it, it winds up Darklings, Chaos, Engineers, Witches. And so, yeah, the engineers are just sandwiched and screwed. I'm Darklings and I'm just don't have color neighbors. And so, yeah, I mean, predictably with good play, that was enough. But um, yeah. and it, yeah, and the semis, uh, but. 
so that's very weird to a modern eye but in the semi-finals it looks like you took darklings and you you took earth one and you made a sanctuary round two it was like a it was sort of as you would expect to play a darklings game now yeah i'm, I'm talking about it like it's ancient history it was only well three years ago at this point but anyway it's interesting comparing yeah um it, yeah it's it was a pretty basic darklings game yeah and then the final, you've got like a really good again. Like I, I love the way you go through it all and, and write about it in a lot of detail. It's it's great, but it's like a round three spades game. And also in this one, you're playing with the mini expansion and with variable turn order because that was new as well with the with the fire and ice expansion, right? Um, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, variable turn order wasn't that wasn't even a thing in the heats because it's not part of the official rules of the game, which makes enough sense but yeah um oh god you're yeah you reminded me of certain details of this that i shouldn't remember oh what a weird day it sounds fun because it's yeah it's like a, a hodgepodge of rules in some ways because yeah suddenly you're playing in the final with the with the extra town tiles and with the ship squad yeah we didn't have extra town tiles in the earlier games either which i i do now remember that was also a thing i had to like slightly get used to because yeah like making towns is a little less exciting when you know the town tiles potentially can run out like oh what a weird <laughs> dynamic that we're so not used to anymore yeah but then the rest of it is kind of you you took halfling you, you basically say like you'd like halflings and then you didn't bid but you got halflings and then you also managed to get them in first seat which you end up saying like oh i'm so happy with that oh yeah so that that was the weird <laughs> that was like the other weirdest thing like so with that auction system again you would you would bid and you would get to pick your faction and then pick your seat order once you like want to bid and for whatever reason the the everybody there was convinced that being able to be fourth seat and picking your bonus tile was the best and so people would win the auction, pick their faction, take fourth seat, and then third seat, and then second seat. So yeah, I wound up getting halflings for free in first seat. And so like I got the first upgrade, which like to me, being in first seat, as we've argued, like has a decent amount of extra advantage because you get that first upgrade, you get the extra leech. And then more importantly, you just have tempo throughout all of round one on the most important power actions and other things. Like you're in the position where in first seat you have a much better chance of like just taking double dig and still being left earth one in some games or anything like that. And so yeah, I was I was very happy because I kept bidding during that auction and I was like, I I I mostly throughout that whole auction, I just wanted halflings. Uh, and I just kept not really being willing to bid for them though, because the other factions like were definitely reasonable. But yeah, I was very happy to just get a free halflings. I did some decent round three spade nonsense. Built yep. a sanctuary in round four. Got water one. Built trading posts in round five. It was it was just a very smooth game. Yeah, that, and that's that's the thing is like how you played it sounds yeah sounds quite normal and it but it does end up being like quite close i haven't actually written the scores down but you sort you sort of win by 10 15 20 points i think oh it's like yeah it's maybe like 10 maybe a little more um it was very close between three of us uh mike mike check got third he played a very good close game the guy that got second i uh, wound up getting second the next year and is also like a pretty strong live player um but i yeah, i did win by 10 or so um but yeah, which is cool. Like it's very cool to see you you have that and yeah, you've got your little shield. Um well yeah, whatever it is about these world championships, but it's it's a very cool thing, especially 
you know i've never really done like live stuff like that so it's quite um it's good it's it's really good and i i do love because i i when i was starting to play my sort of go-to youtube stuff was lumen's all-player stuff with um yourself lumen um junior and mike chuck and so then reading that you're like oh the other player was mike chuck and he's written up a little report as well is is quite like a nice reveal for for me well yeah so for people that don't know that history i guess and maybe you didn't even fully realize but uh the reason that like lumen ran those all-player commentaries with us is because we all met at wbc so Mm. uh specifically in 29 in 2018 we kind of all met a little but lumen wasn't playing terra mystica yet really nor was cs uh and so i didn't really run into them much but we kind of all knew each other loosely because of wbc and then yeah in 2019 we all played in terra mystica pretty heavily and then yeah when when lumen kind of started doing some of those streamings we just that was our crew and we still like to play games with each other because yeah we we just all know each other at wbc and we're all very much looking forward to getting back to that event and getting to play a bunch of stuff in person again but uh so yeah that little foursome is because of this event mm, that's that's cool that's cool and so yeah so obviously mike is is still playing and sort of in the community but are the do you do you you mentioned this, yeah, some of the other people are strong players, and I think some of them were playing on Snellman. Are they still like on in the scene on the community? Not particularly. There's not a lot of other like well-known Terra Mystica players that were actually playing there in person. There's uh, there's a handful of others that played a little on uh, played a little on Snellman, but they're not really anybody that anybody like really knows or recognizes. Um, and then. Yeah, the the guy that took second in both 2018 and 2019 plays a little on BGA, but not much. And he, I think, tried to get into Fire 2 Open, uh, but hasn't qualified. Uh, He just doesn't play a lot of online games. Um, I don't quite even know how to say his username, but it's like uh, MNYKM or something close to that. I can't quite remember because it's not. Oh, yeah. his name's matt hatchell um he does a lot of stuff through mso which is another gaming tournament and it's quite a strong gamer overall um the only other terra mystica player that i know at wbc uh is nick is my name he's been more active recently and he's he's a very strong overall gamer but he didn't play much terra mystica at wbc because one of the difficulties at wbc is scheduling uh there's so many tournaments you can't play all of them yeah, you mentioned you were like rushing around from from some some other game you played, and you had to like get over for the heats. And yeah, it sounds quite fun. Yeah, yeah, you it's it's great, but yeah, you I mean, there, there's just like a schedule and there's blocks, and it's just like, well, at 10 a.m. you can go to this heat of this game or this or this, and then once you qualify for semifinals, you like you got to go there. And uh, anyhow, so Nick never really played in the tournament much itself because it just didn't time out well for him, and so he prioritized other events. Mm. and then the i'm sort of interested to get your thoughts on first of all the sort of the different standard of like a live game like that um like as mentioned i've never actually played terroristica live like i've not seen it or anything like that i've only played it online um oh so you haven't played it in person no 
No. Oh wow. Okay. I've I've not I've not like touched a, a board. I've not I've not I've like never like held a dwelling in my hand. <laughs> there are to be fair, there yeah, there's a decent number of players that have done that. Yeah, that is just the, that is so foreign to me. Like it, for me, it's almost weird to think of it being played in real life. Do you know what I mean? Because I've yeah, that's I've just never like I can't even imagine. I've, like I can get an idea from the pictures, but I can't even picture like the size of the board. I wouldn't know. Like I've got this desk in front of me. Would it fit on there? I don't. Like I can't picture it. You don't know. Me. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, my 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 quick tip then. One of the things you're going to struggle with the most when and if you ever do play in person is uh, keep just keeping track of your victory points. BJ does it automatically for you. But yeah, it's that was actually one other thing. Like in that tournament, like some people were not great about. Uh, making sure to you know take two victory points every time they did a dwelling or all these other things right like it's pretty easy to miss little handfuls of victory points in this game so like when we were starting to play it me and my real life mates were saying like i can't imagine you would even want to play this in real life it's so complicated and because we at that point i guess we didn't and now i kind of know the rules well enough that i feel like i could run a live game maybe but at that point we still didn't really like understand how it all worked we're like how yeah. could you do how could you like run this and like make sure everyone's playing by the rules I, I, it's <laughs> it's a crazy thing well, once you play it in person, you're just going to hold the dwelling in your hand and it'll just be this hallelujah moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing is I've considered, even though I may necessarily not play it in real life, I don't know. There's a lot of games I, you know, once everyone's vaccinated and stuff, I'm I'm keen to play now in real life. I don't know if Terror is one of them, but I, I have considered just buying it just to like own it and have it as a thing because I've spent so much time on it. Well, if you, if you have friends in real uh, in real life who will play board games with you, then you can drag them into it. Yeah, yeah, and they all play. They've a lot of them. We've played Terra online, you know. Um, but oh, then, okay. But I kind of so this is the thing. I kind of feel like I'd play Terra online with them when we're not together. But together, there's like other games. I kind of like to play more. Does that make any sense? Yes, because I mean, you've already played Terra with them so much. It sounds like. Um, that maybe when you're together with them, you want to try something else. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the the live play is a thing, um, and so I'm interested to get your thoughts, Ryan, on what this like is the standard different in a live game to a to a um, yeah, and like an online game where you've got all the tools, you've got your network, which. I know that's also something you're, you, there's contention of should you be able to see your income and all that stuff or should you have to work it out yourself? Um, and then also, again, it's not that long ago. It's 2018 and the um, snail movement was going strong and, and people had understood the game. But recently it feels like there's been a lot more competitive play. So do you think the standard in general has moved on since then or is it, is it similar? Uh, okay, so you kind of have two questions there. You're asking a little about the player base's like overall level of quality and play, and you're also asking about just is there like what are the differences between live play in person and live play? Yeah, like if you played a live game now, do you think you would be less good than if you played an online game? I guess. Well, so. I actually think I would be relatively unaffected, but this is a little bit of why I do argue about I don't really like all the 
Like, I'm a little bit of a curmudgeon that doesn't use income displays and doesn't. I don't use the I don't use the tool that's out there that lets people you know just like manually input what they're gonna build and it tells them how much it costs. I still run all those calcs in my head and stuff. Like I still play the game a little more as if I'm playing it in real life while I'm playing it online. I'm not making use of the digital tools as much. And it just, I mean, it depends on how you view it. Like, it is a digital game now, and it exists in a digital realm, and it's fine to make all those calculation edges. But I do think a decent amount of the community would find themselves struggling a bit in a real live game because they haven't practiced being able to run calcs really quickly. They haven't practiced having to make sure to pay attention to network anymore. They don't have to practice um, worrying about adding up their incomes from all the various sources and paying attention to that. like in a real live game, you have to be able to like quickly glance over and be like, Oh, can witches take, you know, the seven coin actions that start next round. There's nothing telling me if they have enough power, I have to quickly add up from whatever sources they have. Like all those are tiny little skills that matter if you're playing over the board. Um, And they're kind of boring skills, right? Like I I get why we eliminate them in a digital world, uh, but I I'm a little bit of a curmudgeon that I I kind of would prefer BGA to have less auto calculation because I do think running a bunch of that minor little calculation stuff is part of the skill of the game. Mm-hmm. But I also whatever I think part of the skill of some games could be argued to be memory elements, and I also prefer through the ages to not have that or stuff. So oh, like not having to do card counting and stuff. I'm a yeah, I can card count if I want to. I just don't want to so like in through the ages i don't want to have to like in through the ages if you pick a card off the row and put it into your hand it's no longer publicly visible by the official rules but i can probably remember what's in your hand especially if i'm focusing on it so why not just play open hands which is what they do at wbc but uh anyhow uh so i'm also a hypocrite is my point so whatever people can use whatever help they want ultimately but uh yeah, I do think I think playing in person does come with some extra little challenges and stuff. Um, I think I am still about as strong of a player digitally or over the board. I think some digital players would find themselves slightly struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As for the overall quality of play, um, Snellman has had a pretty high quality player base for like a long time. Uh, I don't think there's been huge changes there. If anything, I think TM Tour has gotten a little easier over the years, uh, just because a lot of other like really strong players have kind of moved on. Yep. Um, but on BGA, oh my god, it's crazy different. Right. Even just like versus a year ago, it's pretty different. But versus like two years ago, it's a whole different world. Uh, B- BGA first got Terra Mystica maybe like two and a half years ago, roughly now, maybe already three. Uh, in those early days, I was there, like I was doing some of the initial bug reports when it first got added. And then the only other like really good players were like Zorus, FireX, CS. Um, there were not many good players and there were a lot of really bad players. And those mm-hmm. days were, yeah, those, those were completely different. Um, about a year ago, the, I think it was still relatively easy to like. It was it, it was a little bit tough to like get pretty strong tables, um, together. And then the community's been formed up. I think just there's a lot more streamers now. There's the whole F2O has popped up in the last year, and all those resources have really helped people get a lot better. 
and there are nowadays there's there's such a strong class of like good to great players um mm. it's it's actually at the point where like i don't when you're in arena too like i don't think it's that like you don't wind up in that many games that are just like crazy soft tables like there's almost always like some pretty good players run roaming around which is great um and it's a lot easier to get tables of like all experts and stuff so yeah yeah it's just that sort of yeah so not necessarily like the top end level has increased it's just like yeah a broad player base of yeah like you say sort of the the good to expert the strong in bga rating i guess kind of level in bga terms there's just a there's a lot more strong players there's even quite a few more experts um the very top level has probably gotten a bit better but i i like I think Nerdcube and me and Zorus still have room to get a bit better, probably, but I don't think there's a lot yeah. of play there anymore. Um, I don't, mm. I don't think, I don't think there's anybody that's gonna come, you know, crazy smash through that type of skill level, and I don't, I don't think Zorus or I have necessarily changed a heck of a lot from when we were playing on VGA two and a half years ago when it first got added. Mm. Mm. um yeah that's that yeah that's that's really cool that's really interesting to sort of hear your thoughts about that it's, yeah especially as someone who has yeah been there at least since the start of bga and then had all these because I, I mean the pandemic was a big there's a graph of like matches per day or whatever on bga on their like usage statistics right and it just up. that's what i've been wondering is is like has there been like a Terra Mystica renaissance <laughs> um because of the pandemic, you know? Oh, I yeah, I would also argue for sure. Um the pandemic kind of was a blessing in that regard. Um Right. I like I don't th- th- there's been way more players that have found their way here like EJ himself here, right? Um there's so many others we can list. Like F2O, I felt like when I was writing those previews, I felt like every other player I was talking about, I was like writing that, oh, they're they're basically like a, one of the quarantine kids. Like they found their way on. <laughs> you know, Ranger, um, when you were talking about, you know, tables of experts, that just reminded me of um, that you were on Team USA for the international clash. Um, so, you know, what was that like? I mean, how was how that, you know, playing as a team compared to, you know, playing as an individual? Uh, it was really fun. It was really interesting. I'm glad that Chris made up that format. Um, trying to work with like four other really strong players was mostly easy, actually. Uh, particularly on our team, like we we tended to all view the game in pretty similar ways and agree on stuff, which maybe was a slight problem because maybe it'd be better mm. to have some more diverse opinions. But um, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. It, it was fun to be able to collaborate with people though and have some people focus on slightly different things and all of us, you know, be worried about slightly different stuff and try to, as a team, work through what was best. Um, but yeah, I mean, then it also was just crazy because then you're playing a bunch of other teams that are that strong too. I definitely think the quality of play was improved, like, which maybe, maybe, maybe I got to take back my earlier statement that there's not that much skill ceiling left because. I do think the overall quality of four experts together did reach a new level of play that no individual is really playing at currently. 
yeah could an individual play at that level is it yeah it's like a interesting question that's the i agree that's the that's the follow-up question but uh like you know what i want to what i want to see is i want to see a tournament where half the half the players are on a team and the other half are individuals i I want it to be like the individuals versus the teams and i want to see who comes out on top (laughs) yeah that's interesting that's that does sound pretty fun. You gotta. I, I think. I think Bizzle got his twenty twenty one F two O schedule planned out, but twenty twenty two. Yeah, we need the the Titans versus the teams. The t- oh my god, I love that. The Titans versus the teams. We're gonna have to talk to him about this. <laughs> that was actually quite a good idea. That yeah, like the Team Canada Invitational, and everyone goes up against <laughs> Team Canada after they won. And see if you can beat them individually. Because you right. kind of had that in the like when teams were doing the warm up matches, right? They were playing against individuals, yeah. but I get the impression that they weren't. I mean, you you can speak to it, Ryan, because you were in it. But I get the impression maybe they weren't at their like top top level when they were doing those warm up games. Maybe. Uh well, that's an interesting thing. Uh, one thing Team USA didn't really do is practice games. We didn't really believe in it. We didn't really. We did one or two. <laughs> the other teams did way more prep. Um, okay. Maybe. Maybe that was a mistake, considering uh, what happened. <laughs> I really don't think so. Like, I mean, whatever. We 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 put up a very solid performance overall, and then in the final game, sure, we took fourth. But ugh, whatever. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to hate on Team USA. I... <laughs> no, I look. I agree. We could have done better, I guess. But ugh, I I. In the overall scheme of things, like if you take all six games that were played and then like add up everybody's finishes, and, you know, in six games we all did about as well as each other. There's a few teams that did a bit better, but I'm not sure it's even statistically. Like, uh, again, like it's tough, right? These these tournaments are really fun and they're great. And ultimately, Team Canada won. Kudos to them. But <laughs> I'm not convinced they were the best team necessarily, right? I, I still. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but I mean, we'd have to we'd have to play we have to play fifty games or something to get to the point where we can really see the skill differences. So yeah, I mean, that's never going to happen. So teams versus what's the what are we what are we calling it? Teams versus Titans. Yeah, yeah. Titans versus teams. Titans yeah, versus that was teams. that was my yeah that was my pitch for Bizzle. Yeah, that's such a great title. <laughs> get some of the best individual players and then let other people form teams and see who emerges right the question is like each game would it have two teams and two individuals or is it like three individuals against one team i i have no idea we're coming up with this format right now we can do whatever we want (laughs) (laughs) we should you know forget about bizzle just we should just create this our our own you know (laughs) teams versus titans (laughs) <laughs> this is the fire two on air show lizzie we are beholden to bizzle we can't we can't just splinter off like this no chris i'm kidding forgive me <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so that you're talking about we're talking about the clash there you also mentioned the mind sports olympiad yeah what is so what is that and because there's this kind of yeah, there's this like world that I'm aware of, which is like Fire Two Open, International Clash, and Snellman stuff. But then, yeah, there's this the World Board Game Championships, which is live. But the MSO is played online. Is it always played online? No. So, so the MSO is much like WBC. So WBC would be in the World Board Game Championships. MSO is a similar 
event. Uh, it's the Mind Sport Olympiads. It's held, oh gosh, I think it's in London, but it, well, I don't know because I've never actually gone in person. Um, it's it's in Britain. Oh, well, get me down there. I, yeah, you should check it out. Uh, I know about it loosely through some of these connections. Anyhow, last year, because of current pandemic, they went to an online format and they basically ran a bunch of tournaments in a variety of games. Uh, and last year they ran a Terra Mystica event somewhere in August. Uh, I participated. It was a good time. I got third. I think, I think it was, I think it was Halai that won. And it might have been maybe I can't the the top three places were all like pretty strong players uh, that are recognized, but uh, I I can't remember off the top of my head there. I'd have to check. Anyhow, um, anyhow, the MSO is going to be digital this year again. It's going to be online, and then I think in future years they're going to go back to having in person events. But they might also continue running digital tournaments too. I'm not sure. That's up to them. And I have only loosely talked to them through the grape to stuff. But anyhow, uh, yeah, this year they're going to run one again. So people that want some more Terra Mystica fun, uh, I'll try to post about it as it gets closer, but the MSO will be running a Terra Mystica tournament sometime in August. Um, basically I think it's one day they're going to run two or three games. You play in those games and then the top players will come back the next day for semifinals into finals or something like that. I don't know if they have the exact format figured out yet. But, um, yeah, there'll be another fun little tournament. Uh, I'll probably play it, assuming it, like, I, I can't, I don't know, because I don't know if they have, I don't think they've put set dates out for it yet, but good time. Okay, we will leave it there for now and then return later on with more of the conversation with Ranyo. Thanks, everyone.